Welcome to the Heavy Sweater Podcast. My name is John King. If this is your first time listening, this is the Heavy Sweater Podcast. It's a deep dive in the beginnings of Australian musicians and bands. And this week, we have Andrew Cook of Wild Heart, Sunsets, Arrivals, heaps of every every fucking Brisbane band, every Brisbane band you've ever heard of. That's uh, no, just the, the blessing and the curse of a fucking sick drummer is you're in super high demand and Andrew is a fucking killer drummer and a fucking great person. Yeah, Andrew is such a nice dude. We had a great chat about his beginnings and the heavies and his journey through the scene. And we get into all the bands he's been in, including Wild Heart and their debut album, Global Crisis, which drops November 5th. And it can be pre-saved on streaming platforms. I have it waiting in my Apple Music already because I'm an Apple Music guy. We also touch on Wild Heart playing Unify next year and how fucking sick that is for them. And this isn't the only podcast I do with Andrew. Next week's episode is going to have Andrew in it as well with uh, a little special guest. And uh, when we stopped recording this, we kept talking afterwards just as like as I do in, with the podcast. Um, and he brings up a story about Luke Gallows from She Cries Wolf because uh, we were talking about like how that episode has done like crazy numbers. Yeah, it's fucking sick. But he brings up a story about how he met Luke the first time. It's very funny. So it's at the end of the episode. And I did film this episode, but uh, the lag on my laptop from making Shokan's latest video um, <laughs> made my fucking video come out like shit. So uh, I'm looking at my options to get the best video quality. And with all that being said, it's Wednesday and you know what that means. Hey man, how you doing? Hey, good. How are you? Good. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get straight into like everything with music for you and like the first sort of heavy-ish band you remember hearing. Like it doesn't have to be a fucking Dimmu Boogie or whatever, but like Ooh, anything heavy. Yeah, yeah. I, I kind of like, well, on the drive over here, I was like preempting what questions yeah. you might ask. <laughs> and like after listening to Adam's episode, I was like, oh yeah, might, maybe I have a good idea. Yeah. Um, I guess like listening, like... I kind of went in the new metal route. Like okay, it, I, rem- yes. I remember the first city. Like my parents came home with like Limp Bizkit, not knowing oh, like what it was. Yes. Which I, one? I think it was like I think it was actually like a Roland single. Oh, so fuck it yeah. was like Roland, the Air Raid Assault version of it, <laughs> yeah. which is like a kind of hip hop, yeah, yeah, like yeah, DJ yeah. mix. Yeah, that one's sick. Um, yeah, and then kind of like listening to it, I went that way. Like Lincoln Park. Um, eventually moved into Slipknot. Yeah, and fuck yeah. Like the game changer band. Yeah, started sure. drumming and yeah. yeah. So that that's drums for you, Slipknot. Yeah, I think Afterwards. so. I mean, like, as a heavy metal drummer, like, everyone learned how to double kick from Joey. Yeah. Like, such an inspiration. So, 100%. Yeah, went that way, um, listening. And, yeah, I mean, at the same time, I was, like, yeah, big into, like, a lot of rap and hip-hop, like okay. Eminem, Wu-Tang Clan, like, yeah, stuff yeah. was, yeah. I don't know, I was kind of, so like, the metal know. link's, like, pretty much there. Fred Durst is, like, the metal equivalent of an Eminem. Yeah. As much as he wouldn't like to agree with that. Yeah, and then, like, drumming, like, beatboxing and all that kind yeah, of stuff in high, that we do in high school, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, like, you're yeah. like, oh, yeah, that was cool. Yeah, now it's not. <laughs> <laughs> Beatboxing's still tough, eh? Uh, Joel Turner? Yeah, I beatboxed with him. <laughs> I, really? Yeah. Yep. Holy fuck! <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! Yeah, like, my mate and I won a comp at the Echo. It was like, there was just, they just had some people up on the stage. That's and mental. we both beatboxed and won it, and so he got to go up on stage with him and beatbox fuck. and just freestyle something. And That's got, got so crazy. With him after. Yeah. That's that's fucking wild. Yeah. That's so hectic. So. <laughs> that's the second like Joel Turner story <laughs> on here. I think the first one was like episode two with uh, George from Harbour the Code. He was in this band called The Esplanade. Yeah. And there was like they played a show with him. 
Yeah, and then he like <laughs> he came up, did one song, and like bailed. That's awesome. Yeah, I was like, whoa, <laughs> like that's mental. Fuck yeah, cool. Do you fuck Crazy Town? Crazy Town. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean like. What crazy town? What was the other stuff that was like around that time? I mean, there was more like pop punk, but like, yeah. do you remember like Busted, like the year three thousand? Uh, like, no. What was the other one? Oh, there was like a, I can't remember, but yeah, like all that kind of, um, you know, Mighty Mighty Boston's impression oh, yeah, that I get, like yeah. all those good vibes. Yeah, so, fuck yeah, yeah. sick, <laughs> cool man. So starts off at new metal, and then Slipknot's the the gateway to drums. Did you know about drums before, like heavy music? Or yeah, I mean, like uh, as a drummer, I started in grade five, and the first thing that really got me inspired to play drums was a group, a uh, percussion group called Crunch, came to my primary school. Okay. And so the idea behind it was that they did all the instruments with. Um, they had a bucket of like I think it was just apples. Okay. And so the, the biting the apple was the crunch of the snare, and oh, then yes. they play everything else on the tub that okay. the apples came yeah, in. Yeah, that's mental. And I just remember watching it and just being like, what is this? Yeah. Like, this is amazing. Um, and yeah, I kind of decided to start playing there. Started like, I mean, most schools, it's kind of like a marching band program. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, then moved into drum kit, maybe end of high school, but okay. uh, end of primary school, sorry. Um, then once I hit high school, started getting lessons, yeah, started yeah. on a full kit, my parents bought me a kit and it was just kind of uphill from there. So That's sick. Yeah. That, like, I forgot all about that sort of thing where like schools would bring like these musicians in to like show you what music was like. Yeah. I wish I had something as cool as that. <laughs> Cause mine was like this old dad that used to play like a Jackson King V. Oh. And he was just like playing like dad metal riffs, and I was like, I like the used at this point, and that's not cool to me. <laughs> like, that sucks. Yeah. But yeah, apples and dr- like tubs is sick. Yeah, so I did that. Um, I, I played, and like my percussion tutor was the same from primary school because my high school was obviously local as well. Yeah. And um, so he continued teaching me in through high school. Um, yeah, like obviously, like being like, hey, I want to play metal. Yeah. How do I do that with my feet? Yeah. Um, and it's like, oh, just transfer your rudiments onto your feet. I'm like, what? And then it's like, watch Joey Jordanson play. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I'm yeah. like, okay, I'm just going to keep playing that wrong until I get it right. Yeah. And um, that was pretty much it. Like just in the jam room at school, like it was so loud. Like probably why I have tinnitus <laughs> now. But <laughs> yeah, it was, um, yeah, just like learning and, and playing. And then I taught drums. Uh, probably towards the end of high school, just taught a few primary school okay. students. And that's that's really what uh, got me into teaching as well because okay. I kind of like, I enrolled in architecture. Okay. But then like second last day before like uni offerings came out, yeah. I was like, no, nah, I'm going to miss teaching too much and went and studied music teaching. So That's crazy. Yeah. Fuck yeah, sick. That's wild. Mm. Fuck yeah. And what was your first drum kit? Uh, first drum kit was, the brand was called Peace. So it was kind of okay. like a rip off of yeah, Pearl, yeah. I guess. Um, <laughs> And yeah, I just kind of upgraded it from there. Like, uh, I still play Zildjian cymbals. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just the find cymbals. durable, yep. really nice sound, like a 21 sweet ride. Like, yep, yeah. the nicest, yeah. <laughs> the nicest um, crash ride you can get. And um, yeah, I like kick pedals. I've kind of like, um, what did I have? I might've just had a Pearl set okay. to start with. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, like just kind of built up from there. Yeah. And then my first kit was the Pearl ELX ex- uh, export after okay. that. Um, yeah. I bought that off Bryce from a band called Among the Vanished. I don't know okay. if you know I've them. I've heard of them, yeah. Pretty yeah. old deathcore, um, like Rosie's days. But yeah, bought it off him. Um, eventually sanded it back and, and stained it like a nice mahogany brown because it was it, it had toured like a yeah, lot. Yeah. Just like beat. He'd played it, yeah. I'd toured it for like years. 
and then redid it, and now I play uh, Drumcraft Acrylic, which I yeah. love. Like, I'm really fortunate to pick that up. Yeah. So. How's the difference between playing, like, just wood shells to acrylics? Because I've yeah. never played an acrylic kit. Because, I mean, like, that's, you know, that's the thing, the trepidation a lot of drummers have, isn't it? It's like, oh, it's acrylic, it's going to sound hollow. But, yeah. I mean... I, I played one years ago. Um, ben from Skyway used to play one, so every time Sunsets would play with Skyway, I'd borrow that okay. and play on that. But um, yeah, it, like it's really huge. Like I, I set them both up via one night, okay, like yeah. when I first bought it. Yeah, and I just kind of realised at that point, like I that's like I needed a, a kit that could do that, and yeah, the yeah. sound was great. Um, the, you know, we had with the bass drum when Gareth was recording, I think it was Rising Tide, okay, the yeah. single for Wild Heart. Yeah. Um, we had issues kind of getting, it was very boomy. Okay. We were trying to mute it as much as we could. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I went and bought some new padding and put it right up against the heads and we got we got there. But yeah. um, no, I think, it, I think it sounds really big. It's yeah. not hollow or like echoey, like yeah, people would yeah. kind of think. So. Sick. And then what scenario are you running at the moment? Uh, I run a Black Panther 13 by 7 so yeah um, just a blast oh, I, yeah. I love it like again that's that's one of the things I, I learned early like Lee from Viata's Murder was jamming next door at um, 454 back in the day yeah, yeah. and I was you know Sunset was a pop punk band um, <laughs> he walks next door with this and he's like dude try this and I put this put this on <laughs> yeah, a, yeah. a kit and just play a set and it was I was like this is the best snare I've ever played yeah, yeah. it's so good because I, I really like my snare like to just be cracky and yeah, like yeah. the metronome for the band like yeah, yeah. everyone's following that yeah. and it cuts through everything fuck yeah um, and yeah I finally bought one two years ago sick yeah, three years ago yeah fuck and yeah. it's great yeah, I've noticed like from playing drums and then talking to drummers, like when I spoke to Gallows and I talked to James about it all the time, like every drummer has like their take on their favourite snare. Like for me, it's a Tasmanian Blackwood. Ooh, I nice. swear, I had a Metro Drum Company custom made Tasmanian Blackwood. Mm-hmm. It was incredible. Yeah. I sold it and I'm still like a bit like, oh, I shouldn't have done that because <laughs> it was so fucking nice sounding. But Gallows runs like metal drums, like metal snares. Yeah. James runs yeah. metal snares. And I'm like, not for me, but like, Whatever. Yeah, I played a steel snare like all through high school. That was yeah. what was on the piece kit, um, and I mean it was fine. But that was kind of like there was a lot of open air gigs yeah. um, when I was in high school because that's kind of what my band or like if I you know if I was using it for school stuff, it was open air kind yeah. of like jazz band stuff. So oh, yeah, it was yeah. fine. Like, um, but once I started playing metal, it kind of didn't really suit. Yeah, so. especially like those like standard with the kit. Yeah, steel yeah. snare. That's pretty yeah. much what it was. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fuck yeah, cool. And then from like listening to new metal, being a little slipknot sweater, everybody <laughs> had, is had the wristband and everything. Oh, I've got Joey yep. sticks in my car Ooh. right now. They're always there. Yeah. Um, what's the the point where you go? I can be in a band too. Um, it's, it's really interesting uh, for me. Like, so I grew up Northside, and okay. it was kind of like two things that converged at the same time. Because like I was listening to heavy metal. But then I feel like the first show I went to was like an emo show. So like, I, um, yeah, I remember I have this like vivid memory, like year year 10 art, maybe it was. And my friend's like CD binder, got it out and (laughs) Killing killing With a Smile is in there. Oh, fuck. And it's been out, it's been out for like a week yeah, yeah. at this point. Like they've gone to JB. They've gone, it wouldn't have been JB. It would have been Sanity. Oh, they've gone to wow, Sanity. And sound. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they bought it, and it's sitting in their binder. And we're listening to like Kill Switch and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, "Hey, like chuck this on. Like I bought this the other day. Yeah. I've gave it a good spin." Yeah. So I borrow it, put it in my discman, and I'm like, "What is this? Like this is so good." And 
like from there I well then like I started going to shows so I remember my first show was like a festival on okay. the north side called Rapid Festival okay. and like the bands there were a couple of bands on it like Avalon Drive yeah. um, but Behind Crimson Eyes was the main one that stood out to me yes. um, that, that was my favourite band for my you know my late teens yeah, and um, I, I kind of became friends with Josh, the vocalist. Okay. Uh, after that, we talk every time they come to Brisbane. I saw them interstate a couple of times, and he goes, "Oh yeah, like you should check out um, this band we we've just played with. Um, we've just toured, and it was um, it wasn't it was a prom queen. We just okay. we just Fuck toured yeah. or played shows with prom queen. Yeah, and I was like, oh okay, I'll check this out. Yeah, and then it was like from there it was just. Like, you got crafted. Yeah, yeah. like I... Uh, well, I, uh, was Ed already uh, singing? Probably. Maybe? Around that time of Killing With a Smile, it might have been Ed. Yeah, so, um, like, I went to, like, that that show, watched Behind Crimson and Eyes, and kind of started going that way, and then at the same time was going to hardcore shows, so I went and saw Parkway, I feel like it was, like, 50 Lines, okay, and Wish For Wings at yeah. QUT oh. Guild Bar. So it was an all-ages yes. show at yeah. a bar. That, that's how old this is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> And um, yeah, like just being like, this is this is amazing. And um, then there were like more shows at uh, PCYC at Morrowfield, and it was okay. like Wish for Wings, Prom Queen. And I met this this dude that I knew went to my school. He was great below. Yeah. And um, he was like, oh, like you know, I've seen you around school on free dress days, wearing like a you know Metallica or a yeah, Slipknot yeah. or like a Park <laughs> shirt or whatever. Yeah. Um, do you like you play? Like I've heard you in the jam rooms at lunch. Um, are you doing a band or something and I was like oh yeah maybe and he's like cool I'll chat to you at school on Monday Thank and um, he becomes the first guitar well we started I guess the first iteration of the band Never Lose Sight yep. um, it wasn't called Never Lose Sight until a lot later yeah. um, <laughs> the first name was um, it was Crestbrook Avenue but it was okay. meant to be so it was meant to be the name of the street the Veronica's lived on. Okay. But that was actually <laughs> Crestbrook and it was Parade or something. Okay, yeah. So it wasn't Crestbrook, yeah. which is what we called it. Um, yeah, and then so uh, the first singer left pretty early and then that's when it changed to Defiance Where's Black, which okay. then becomes Never Lose Side. Yeah, yeah. So that was, the, that was the band. That was the... I played like... I played with my cousin for a bit. We did a covers band, but we never... I don't think we ever actually played a show. We had a okay. set ready to go and just never made it happen. Yeah, just like a garage band. Yeah, thing. and it, yeah. Was, it was fun, but we just I think we just never committed to, oh, well, if we play a show, it's got to be perfect. Yeah, it's yeah. like, oh, you just got to play a show, yeah. and then it'll happen. <laughs> yeah. um, and then, like, a, a mate of mine, like, we jammed some kind of, like, metalier stuff. Like, okay. he, his favourite band was, like, Arch Enemy. And oh, okay. We did big jamming metal <laughs> yeah. stuff, but... Yeah, that was kind of how I got into live music and, and bands that way. Fuck yeah, and now you're still in Never Lose Sight <laughs> doing cool shit. Yeah, I mean, every, every reunion show every couple of years. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, fuck yeah. That's sick, man. And then from Never Lose Sight, what's the band afterwards? Because you're in like 20 fucking bands. <laughs> every Brisbane band. Yeah. Yeah, which um, is sick. Yeah, so Never Lose Sight, um, you know, we did that for a long time and um, we played a lot. Like, I, I kind of left maybe just before they started blowing up like going into stay um they yeah like i remember they played with counterparts at the bean leap ucyc maybe or eagleby and um i was already out at that point unfortunately because one of my favorite bands counterparts obviously with the the merch yeah yeah. 
Um, so I left and I kind of like I wanted to get back into music for a bit of fun like I met like the metal scene at the time like it was very competitive I I mean you know there's a a lot of great bands so of course it's competitive Um, but I was like I was listening to a lot of pop punk like someone someone gave me set your goals and I was like what is this like it's like easy core like beat downs and stuff and just boppy and um, you know I I did a little bit of drumming for six months in other bands and then was like I want to try and do this like kind of a day to remember I mean it was was a day to remember event I guess they were yeah, yeah. but it was yeah. kind of kind of like that yeah. pop punk with beer down so it's Fuck still yeah. heavy but yeah, yeah. you know so I put the call out this rave magazine used to do ads and okay. be like you know can, looking for musicians and yeah, yeah. Um, found a couple of people that way Matt I went to uni with um, and we we just did that so Sunset's like two of a bit like released a couple of EPs and yeah. that was pretty good and then um, after that, I did a band called Arrivals, yep. which was uh, just a continuation of Sunsets. Yeah, we yeah. kept doing pop punk, easy core. Yeah. Um, played a bit with like screamo stuff. Yeah, and, um, that stuff just goes hard as fuck. Like there's always a place for it in the scene. Yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, I mean, I listened to some of those songs, and I was like, man, this is sick. Like, yeah. So yeah, did that, and then I met like, I mean, do we get to Walter? I guess. Yeah, like, we can, we, we can get, we like, go through everything. Yeah. I met Adam. I see. It, it, it's hard to pinpoint when I met Adam. Seven Skies. Yeah, yeah. So I remember like Sunsets played with them a couple of times. Um, X and Y, uh, Price Street All and Nambour. And so we probably met that way and through shows, um, because I just remember like we just would always chat and yeah. um, he put the call out on Facebook being like, Hey, we need someone to come drive and do merch on this North Queensland run within okay. Hearts Wake. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I mean, like I was still in Sunsets at the time, so yeah. I was like, yep, I'll come. And uh, I think, I feel like it was like Kerry and Axel's first tour in the band as well. Okay. And, um, or actually Kerry wasn't in the band, he was just driving with me. And um, yeah, it was just this really cool weekend. Like we, we had a lot of fun, actually a really interesting story <laughs> on that tour is like, I, um, I hadn't um, finalized my university um, subjects for the semester. Okay. And like the census date was coming up. So yeah. I remember like deferring uni on the photographer's laptop, tethered off Kerry's internet, Sick. like off his phone yeah. in the back of the van. And it's just like this, you know, I eventually went back to uni and, yeah. and finished my degree, but it was just like the most punk rock thing yeah. of like, <laughs> yeah, like, I'm just gonna stop up. uni yeah. and just yeah. tour. Yeah. And um, which I did, I mean, I TM'd a couple of other tours and like drove and, and sold merch and stuff yeah. as well as my own bands. Yeah. Um, yeah, then a couple of years later, uh, Nat, uh, who plays bass in Wildheart now, yeah. is playing drums for Wildheart. Um, his old band Bay Harbor had finished. Great Brisbane band. Yes. I feel underrated. Yeah, very 100%. good. Yeah. And um, he, you know, said, I don't want to play drums anymore and was had told Wildheart that he was going to be stepping back. Yeah. So they said, hey, anyone want to come forward? Like I said, yeah, look, I'll, I'll come and have a jam and see how it feels. Maybe yeah. I'll fill in. Like, you know, not doing too much. Um, yeah. Arrivals was kind of starting to wind down at that yeah. point. And um, yeah, they were like, I did one jam and they're like, stay, don't yeah. leave. <laughs> and I was like, okay. And that's that's how it started. So, yeah, fuck yeah. yeah. Sick. And with like the, I've spoken about it like a thousand times, the lack of drummers <laughs> in any scene fucking kills so many bands yeah. just because it's a thankless job. Mm. Like you do, you love Cutting all this so much shit. Stuff, yeah. yeah, and it's just like setting up for ages, packing up for ages. Yeah. Your gear's so expensive that like, 
when bands do come across a great drummer that's like keen, they're like, please stay. Like, yeah. we'll do whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so oh, the sick. implication of being a great drummer. Yeah. Thank you. I'll take that. Yeah. <laughs> so you're in enough bands to be a certified great oh, drummer. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, Rare Words is a, is a similar story. Like, yeah. um, they, their the drummer left and they didn't have someone. Actually, I don't know how that happened. I was friends with them, but like, <laughs> maybe it just happened on Facebook. Yeah. And I was like, they, you know, oh, we've got this tour booked. Like, can you just come do it? And yeah. I was like, yeah, sure, why not? Or maybe, maybe I filled them for a Brisbane show, and then the tour just happened. But yeah. this, this is a, a band that, like, they they didn't need to take me on tour. They like, you know, yeah. they just out of, you know, the what time? Like, what year was this? That was twenty eighteen. I feel like okay. Cause um, I f- was that like? Cause I remember them like seeing them everywhere. They were like blowing up, and then they just yeah. like sort of disappeared for a little bit and yeah. then popped up again recently yeah I mean it was hard like there were a lot of setbacks around recording the EP and then like uh, you know the, they're very um, uh, you know uh, for, like the, they wanted to have that finesse with the EP and yeah. I, I'm really glad that they spent the time on it like I didn't play drums on that release okay, yeah. but I'm really glad they, they took the time and they made sure the songs were polished mm-hmm. and, and before putting it out um, because it really shows like, yeah. the, the songs are awesome and then that was it like I, I did the fill-in stint and I was like okay Cool, thanks. Thanks for everything, guys. Yeah. And then they sent me the, the video for What's Left of Me. And I was like, and it had all the special effects yeah. um, by Tom Savage. And I was just like, whoa, what, like, what is this? Yeah. Like, and I watched it and I was like, okay, I'll see you next week. <laughs> you told them, um, like, I'm in your band. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I knew I had too much on already, yeah. but yeah. Um, and yeah, I love it. Like, it, you know, it's just hanging out and, and playing good music. So, yeah, fuck yeah. yeah. Brett was, um, he used to be in, Daybreakers. Yeah, I mean, Daybreakers is still going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember I played a show with them like years ago, Crowbar. It was like my band, Daybreakers, Sensei, and another band that I don't like to talk about. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, them. And I remember seeing them there. And then he was at the isolation show like a couple of weeks ago that my band played. Yeah. And I was like, sick. Oh, yeah, because he, yeah, he was playing. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. 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 Fuck yeah. yeah, I mean, I've been friends with him for a long time too. Like, he was he was a fan of Sunsets too, and he plays with Sunsets now as well. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone's just amalgamated <laughs> together. Yeah, it's Fuck the same yeah. 10 dudes in yeah. bands now. <laughs> Sick. <laughs> cool, man. So, like, when do you, like, first come, like, what year do you first come into the scene? Like, oh, I don't know. It's hard because it's been, like, you know, it's like I grew up kind of going to shows on the north side yeah. and then started once I could, once I was old enough. Well, actually, I would have been 17 still when I started going to shows at the Lion's Den, okay, which yeah. was an old venue in the city. Yeah. Um, it was like a soup kitchen as well during the week um, and obviously council funded, so they eventually pulled the funding and then developed the building, unfortunately. Yeah. Was that the one with the pillars in the middle of the room? <sighs> no, I don't think it had pillars. Because there's one that was in Queen Street Mall was that in the walls or something? I can't remember the name of it, but I remember like it had the two pillars in the middle of the room. Yeah, I do remember that. Not like there's Orient. The Orient Hotel had pillars in it as well. Okay. Like, that was an 18 plus venue, not yeah. an just one. I'm trying to think. Was that the one Love Dispute played? It was like oh, maybe. Yeah, there okay, were like two I pillars. Hadn't like it had already closed down by the time I started going yeah. to shows. Yeah, so started going to all edges shows there, and then 18 like Rosies started. Yeah. So I mean, maybe for the was I this, <laughs> this is how old I am <laughs> um, you know like Rosie started and because as a kid that listened to all this heavy metal and all my friends were just into dance music yeah. we'd go you know go dancing and stuff like that and because I enjoy that music as well yeah. but 
then it was like here's a place like I remember New Year's Eve at 299 and yeah. it was very it's very kind of like it was goth rave at the time yeah. but that that suited me more than I don't know being at Birdies on New yeah. Year's Eve which <laughs> yeah. I, I did once too but um, yeah Rosie started and obviously that was a place for us to go and yeah. I was at gigs there like Thursday, Friday, Saturday night like oh, you'd yeah. see quality bands for like five bucks like, yeah yeah. yeah, those days go on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's like expensive shows. If there are shows, yeah, yeah. if we can play when we yeah. can play again. Yeah. Yes, yeah. <laughs> fuck. Um, cool, man. And then I spoke to Adam a little bit about the recording and writing of the new Wild Heart release, which yeah. is coming out very soon. Yes, heaps of, yep. heaps of six singles out already. Thank you. Um, anytime. What was it like for you, the recording process? Because you were saying just before that you tracked your drums. And that doesn't happen as often now for like our genre, really. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, for Wild Heart, I'm pretty big on, on live drums. Yeah. I mean, I, I also don't mind um, program drums if, if the drummer can play them. Yeah. I mean, 10 years ago, it was, we were in a little bit of a, a situation where drummers might program MIDI drums but couldn't play that the live. The Sturgis thing. Yeah, oh, I mean, yeah. that sounds great too, <laughs> yeah. but as long as the drummer can play it live, yeah, yeah. so um, that I'd be fine with it. But yeah, like, Obviously, I really wanted to record live drums with this, but the pandemic was kind of throwing yeah. us a curveball. So we did Rising Tide previously. Like, that yeah. wasn't set for the album that yeah. we knew. Um, and so that was all live drums, everything like that. And then we get ready for the album. Yeah. Lockdown, things are starting to get pretty dicey. You can't travel. Yeah. You know, the, I think the 50-kilometer radius was about to come in. Okay, yeah. And we were recording on the Gold Coast, and I was like, oh, no, like, what... What's gonna happen? Because I live yeah. in Brisbane, yeah, yeah. and that's over fifty k. Yeah, so it's yeah. like what? Like printed the paperwork from the studio, printed like an invoice from the band, like yeah. had all this stuff just in case. Luckily, yeah. it was fine. Like yeah. we we did it before the the travel restriction came in. Um, but yeah, we we drove down to the Gold Coast and recorded drums there. Um, something that Wild Heart has done that no other band I've been in has done is track guitars first. Okay. Every other band I've been in has tracked drums first, so yeah. that everybody goes off the drummer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, Adam and I, you know, we spend a lot of time um, pre-writing and, yeah. and going through the pre-pro um, together, mapping out the drums um, so that we know, like, if he's playing this rhythm, the drums are doing this. Yeah, for sure. And, um, you know, he's one of the only guitarists that also, that I've worked with that writes like, um, I guess like like how I play maybe okay. is that how to say like like complementing to your play. yeah like yeah. sometimes like you might get a guitar profile and you're like I can't play that that requires three arms or anything <laughs> it's just <laughs> yeah, 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 you yeah. know it feels weird but um, Adam like knows how I play yeah. and the music he writes and it all kind of complements each other yeah, so yeah. when I sit down with him and, and say he's midi drums something out and gone hey what do you think of this part yeah. I'll sit down and I'll go maybe these kicks wouldn't be here and I'd play that like that yeah yeah and um, other than that, it's very much just sit down, prepare everything, get it ready, and then go rehearse, okay. then get into a jam room. So the song, the songs, like we had them written, and then we kind of learned them, get in the jam room, yeah. and then piece them back together that way. So okay. teach Jaya, um, teach Kerry at the time, and then yeah. kind of go that way. Okay. Um, and then Axel would write the lyrics and put them on top. Just throw fire on top. Yeah, and that was... Yeah. That was how we organised the sequencing of the songs because the sequence wasn't set yet. I mean, I think we knew we wanted Show Me What It's Like to be Worthless to be the closer. Yeah. It was going to be a big chorus. Yeah. Um, and then the intro, um, you know, we weren't too sure about. Rising Tide was going to sit somewhere in the middle because yeah. Rising Tide came out right before the pandemic. So yeah. we, you know, we really 
felt like that song, I, I really like it, and yeah. I felt like it just didn't get the hype it deserved. And yeah, the circumstance yeah. dictated that for sure. So yeah. I feel like people weren't really listening to music. It was like, I think probably around that time, it was like Tiger King. It was just, we went straight to lockdown. Yeah, yeah. So um, it wasn't it wasn't originally slated for the album, but yeah. then it, it just, it fits the theme of the yeah, album as well. Like if yeah. it didn't fit, it wouldn't have stayed. Yeah. For sure, um, but the album—I mean, the album's thirteen tracks with yeah. an interlude and an intro, so yeah. um, it's definitely got the meat there. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> fuck yeah, sick. Well, you guys are putting like the work in for sure, and it's like showing already. Like Thank you. the amount of work that, like, just from being an outsider looking in on, it looks like you've put so much work and time into this release, and it's already paying off because in the start of next year you have a fucking crazy show coming up thank you yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah unify yeah fuck yeah so excited yeah, yeah for sure man it's so yeah. sick to see like a band from Brisbane that was just like plugging away like doing the work and then it's like here's the opportunity like make the most of it and like you guys fucking for sure will thank you yeah it's sick yeah very very um, excited to be playing that I mean like yeah. I, I say to you before we started like when I got that email I was like Wait, someone pulling a leg? Like, yeah. sure. And, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, yeah. but um, yeah, it was just like the, the offer came through, yeah. and we were like, yeah, of course. Like, this is you know, this is an amazing opportunity. And so obviously, you know, we, we must be doing something right, for and sure. something you know, people are taking notice. Yeah, and, which you know, we've always wanted the music to speak for itself. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I guess it has, and we're just so fortunate yeah. to be given that opportunity. Yeah. Um, so you know, fingers crossed that there's no other complications and it happens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, sure. You know, in January or in March, which yeah, is yeah. the backup date. But okay, cool. yeah, we are we're very happy um, to be on that and are working hard now yeah. to get ready for that. So, Fuck yeah, yeah. I think it's like when it was announced, it was like the biggest thing in the, like the heavy community. It was like, fuck yeah! Like, it's not all about like the overseas acts this year it's all about like Australian acts and yeah. like like the next group of like those bands that are going to be like taking the spots of like Amity eventually and like those sorts of bands yeah which is fucking cool yeah see. and I, I think that's that you know when we kind of had conversations about what does Unified look like with the pandemic yeah um, it's always been like you know Adam's kind of predicted like well it's, it's going to be an all Australian yeah. lineup which is awesome like yeah. it's an amazing opportunity for bands like ourselves um, to kind of get up there and showcase our music yeah. and, and go, this is what we're about. Like, yeah. come come on this journey with us yeah. and join. Um, you know, and bands like Polaris got their start like that. Yeah. Doing, I, I mean, I remember Polaris playing in Brisbane in, in smaller venues. I remember yeah, North yeah. Lane playing X and Y. Like, yeah. you know, all of these bands had those opportunities growing up, and we're just so happy to be yeah. <laughs> to be able to have that yeah. same opportunity. So, I think like yeah. being from Brisbane, it makes it like a bit harder because like at one point the Brisbane scene was just as like stacked as the Sydney and Victorian mm. scene but then like over time obviously the Brisbane scene died off a bit yep. but like the bands are still there and still doing sick work but like it just, it just doesn't get as much attention as Sydney and Victorian yeah I think like you know the all ages scene in Brisbane taking the hits that it has I mean yeah. I wouldn't go as far as to say it's dead there, there, yeah. there is still a, a scene that is there Yeah. but I mean you know I, I was running all ages shows for a long while there um, it just became very hard with yeah. you know council regulations made things very hard venue shutting yeah um, you know damage to venues it just it became like I mean I, I can't blame any promoter or venue yeah. manager for getting out of it but that every time we took a hit yeah it was, we lost these places and then you know we have 18 plus venues going as well yeah 
Um, so I mean, in the pandemic, not not so much. We we like we, we don't have shows, but yeah. I mean, at towards the end of maybe 2018, 2019, with those losses, it was becoming harder yeah. to find uh, to venue to find venues to be able to bring people in. Um, yeah, so I think like Sydney and Melbourne like still have those venues and that yeah. those opportunities I mean they, they, they have the same issues we have you know we see yeah, venues yeah. with crowd funders and, yeah. and stuff because they have to obviously yeah. the pandemic but even before that um, you know it's, it's tough it's tough yeah. to run shows and, and make make enough money and, yeah, yeah. and, and to keep the lights on in the venues so yeah. um, I feel like that's where Brisbane took kind of the biggest hit was all ages because that provided the platform for bands to then escalate into 18 plus shows yeah, and yeah. touring yeah. Um, and without that you're, you're starting straight out like your first shows at Crowbar yeah. like and that's you know for a small event that can be a big thing yeah, I yeah. mean you know Never Lose Sight didn't play Rosies for ages and yeah. that was like the this is you know we yeah. made it boys yeah. let's yeah, go yeah, like yeah, yeah. we're playing yeah. Rosies and yeah. um, you know that that was a great opportunity for us yeah. and so we just you know we want to make sure that younger bands have that opportunity as well yeah, but yeah. it's hard without all their just yeah. venues yeah. so well, I didn't know you booked shows at one point that's fucking hectic yeah for a while um you know, I when I was in high school, I like I just interned at the, the group there, which was called Catalyst. Okay. They ran on North Side, um, and then I ran a few shows at like One Nine Nine and Tall Poppy. Um, Tall Poppy used yeah. to be so sick. Yeah, yeah. Shows that were really cool. Yeah. And then um, I I helped out with bookings for Fat Louis as well. Okay. Um, organizing lineups with Chris there, um, just doing like punk and pop punk stuff. Yeah. There. yeah. Um, but again, it, it just became hard. Like I, I booked a show. Um, with Sam Spies, that was a really good show. That was yeah. a one on nine, so yeah. nice tight room. Yeah. Like it, it was, that was really fun. But it just it became too much, and then I finished my degree and was teaching full time. So that's oh, kind yeah. of when I took the step back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Life gets in the way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sick man. Cool. Um, just reading my questions that I've got here. Um, this is gonna be fun editing this. <laughs> I just realised. Uh, and since you're in like as many bands as you are, do you find that it's like easier for your creative fulfillment? Because I feel like with drummers, it's very easy to get burnt out. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's good because they're across different genres. Yeah. yeah. Uh, like, Wild Heart is, is very heavy and I've always had a passion for heavy music and, yeah. and pushing myself and that's what the, like every time I record something new with Wild Heart, I, I push myself yeah, and yeah. try and try something new. Yeah. That's not to say I don't in Rare Words or, um, Sunsets is obviously my other band that's kind yeah, of yeah. you know it's not a, it's not a full time band like we were a band you know 10 years ago like, yeah. but we just kind of get together for fun and, yeah. and play some shows like uh, you know I think those songs still resonate with people yeah. but that that music is just it's just for fun yeah, so yeah, playing yeah. drums on that stuff is yeah. like yeah like this is you know um, it, it's quite easy but it's, yeah, it's yeah. Um, fun so yeah as far as like my creative outlet I, I get to you know play in all three bands and it was you know right before the pandemic you know we were playing kind of shows were so frequent like I'd play with Rare Words on a Thursday night and then I'd have a Wild Heart show two weeks later yeah, yeah. and then um, you know we were doing the Lincoln Park Covers band for yeah. a while which was really yeah. cool so there, there's plenty of opportunities for me to, to play in yeah. fashion yeah, <laughs> yeah fuck yes yeah. cool man well thanks for doing the podcast no no problem thanks for having me on anytime <laughs> so we'll uh, get into your top five favorite bands of all time, Whoa, yeah. and big. and or artists. Yeah. yeah, there are sometimes people throw in like 
uh, genres. Like, I think one was like 2008, like Deathcore. I was yeah, like, yeah. cool. Like, yeah. Whitechapel, Chelsea Green, all that shit. Yeah. yeah, see, that's kind of a question I didn't preempt. I was like, I preempted, <laughs> like, oh, what's your favorite band or like what merch are you wearing? Yeah. Um, I, like, top five of all time. Like, I mean, is Limp Bizkit kind of like a, a just a set? Like, <laughs> yeah. their new song fucks hard. Yeah, it's cool. That vibe's like, so sick. Even like the, um, is it the Unspoken Truth or the Unspeakable Truth? That EP that yeah, they put yeah. out. Like, Oh, it's kind of like this is cool. It's kind of like grungy new metal. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that new song is just peak like this. So good. Fun, like, yeah. Um, I think yeah. I think they have to be there. Yeah. Wes, um, Wes is probably the best guitar player of all time. Yeah. You see the the pictures of him for Wallapalooza, and he's just yeah. like bent over. Yeah. Like <laughs> he's been doing that for years. He did like the Traveler one where he used to like throw like luggage and shit across oh, the stage and then, I like sleep with my neck kinked and can't yeah. the next day and like <laughs> yeah. he's just like, he's just like shredding hard yeah. and then, like goes and paints something sick yeah he's a weapon he's great um like uh, Vanna or slash in spirit um they are now so like Ooh. um they've always they've been a, a massive influence in a lot that I've done um and so Vanna kind of performed with a couple of different vocalists and then they split a couple of years ago, but now they've reformed with the original okay. lineup called, and they've called it In Spirit, so yeah, like yeah. In the Spirit of Vanna. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's cool. Um, and just everything they've done, like I remember it was a MySpace song for some, like on a friend's profile. Yeah, yeah. And I was just like, it was just like this real Southern like beat down and I was like, yes. what is this? <laughs> um, really clean vocals, like, and yeah, it's just like this band is, is it and Fuck I yeah. have followed them ever since. So they're definitely in there. Yeah. Um, oh, where do we go from there? Because um, I can go like my new metal league kind of past and go like 36 Crazy Fists, a band I've always loved. Yes. Um, but then like you also, you've got so much in hardcore yeah. um, and, pop, and pop punk and like, you know, just like everything. Maybe, maybe I'll put like, I'll be a bit cliche and put um, a day to remember in there yeah. definitely yeah They're like classic yeah, yeah. It, like if you go back and listen to um, what's the, the for those who have hearts yeah, yeah. like that album still holds up today yeah. like you know many bands have tried to replicate it yeah. uh, myself included <laughs> and it's just this perfect blend of like pop punk like hardcore yeah. um, and it was before bands were doing it like yeah. bands were trying it but it was yeah. it was just like and the, even before they put that out they were trying it like those first two albums like the clean vocals are so rough. And it was like medley. Yeah, it's like, like yeah. where's this going? And then like it hit where it was meant to. I feel like them and Under Earth were kind of similar in that aspect. Like we're in Under Earth's lane, they were doing like their Christian grindcore shit. Yeah. And then they put out uh, Define the Great Light. They're only chasing safety, and that was like the game changer for them. I feel like A Day Remembers the same. They put those first two albums like Test the Waters, and then they hit their peak and then launched from there. Yeah. Yep. Um, other like trying to think of like because you like yeah again there's the obvious ones like Linkin Park and stuff but yeah. maybe um, uh, like there's a hardcore band from Boston called Black My Heart that's okay. a hardcore band fuck yeah um, they like I mean I thought they I thought they were massive like this this massive yeah. hardcore band like that I've heard of yeah. in Brisbane Australia like yeah. why <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but you know I go and watch videos and, and they just seem like down to earth like yeah. just chill dudes and like you um, but that they have an album called Before the Devil, which they've just repro they've repressed as vinyl, and yeah. I'm just like, wow, I'm getting that. Yeah. Um, they, as far as like mosh kind of hardcore, like they were, they're just a band that I like. When I write beat downs, I've tried to replicate yeah, that, and yeah. it's just so heavy, <laughs> yeah. like sick. Um, so that's four, five. Um, I don't know. 
Yeah. Breaking Benjamin? Do you listen to that? Yes. Yeah. Diary of Jane is a fun yeah, yeah. band. Like, yeah. um, I think everyone kind of got into them through Halo. Um, really? Yeah, they, they have songs on Halo 2. Fucking um, what? Yeah, like instrumental. <laughs> um, this is a game changer. Yeah, like, it's blown me away and, like, you're the chief and you're standing... Um, like on this pillar and the elites and the brutes are like going to fight each other That's and crazy. Cortana's like oh maybe just let them you know have it out and you just yeah. stay here and then the song kicks in it's like da na 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 and like That's you're like no I'm going in <laughs> sword <laughs> That's insane I think, it, I think it was meant to force you to go in because yeah. you're just like this is it like this just is so like cool full hype beast song yep. that's so crazy yeah so Breaking cool. Benjamin on Halo is fucking wild yep. man yeah got it and like they're kind of one of those bands that you know can't do any wrong like every release they put out like every like there's always bangers on there. yeah like yeah. Silverstein is another one oh, maybe I should put them in there but every release they put out yeah. can't do even, wrong even yeah. the new one's pretty good like it's never gonna hit like my heroin yeah but like full 2021 Oh, this is where like this is me. where the wind shifts. There's like the beatdowns and that are pretty. I, I rate that up. Fuck yeah. Like it's not like yeah, my heroin is like super kind of like emo-y, but yeah. it's it's just like everything they do is great. Yeah. yeah. So I kind of jumped it, but it's like what Limp Bizkit. Yeah. Panama. Yeah. Who do I say next? They don't remember. They don't remember. Yeah. yeah. Black Mahala. Yeah. And then. Uh, Breaking Benjamin. <laughs> the most eclectic mix of bands ever. <laughs> That's so sick. Uh, Fuck yeah, man. And then um, socials for you, all your bands, everything to check out. Yep. So um, most of our handles for Wild Heart is at, at We Are Wild Heart. Yep. Um, so the debut album, Global Crisis, coming out November 5th. Yep. Um, so right. Cool. Technical difficulties. Yeah. <laughs> you have a hundred vinyls up for grabs yeah so um we yeah 100 100 copies of the vinyl not sure how many uh we've sold yet we should yeah. get a sales update shortly but yeah that comes out november 5th so make sure you get your pre-order in before that with shirt bundles as well um rare words handles at rare words band um sunsets au or aus um my handle is andrew a-r-r-v-l-z so it's andrew arrivals <laughs> yeah. we take out the bells um yeah and like you know it's a really you know fingers crossed when we come out of this pandemic the other side and it's a really exciting time to be in live music in Australia yeah. and uh, around the world so fingers crossed that everything yeah. goes well <laughs> and we can play shows again yeah and when they happen fucking show up to them yeah yeah that's it that's <laughs> it sick man there you go. Sorry. it just need it just needed the threat the yeah. That's working. Cool. So we're back talking now because we were talking about something after the podcast uh, and now you can talk about it. Yeah, so we're talking about because you had an interview with Luke from yeah. Sheer Wolf and he, you said he was rattling through all the bands he was in, right? Yeah. So <laughs> this is like, I feel like this is like 2005 and I'm at okay. like a house party like in North Brisbane and um, I'm this little like sweater kid like you know wearing I don't know what I was wearing probably like slip on merch again yeah. or something yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, someone at this party goes oh you know the drummer from Six Foot Immortals is here yeah. and that's the name of Luke's band yeah. and I'd seen them support Wish for Wings at Morrowfield yeah. and they were they were awesome like two vocalists like yeah. really cool metalcore just like and 2005 I'm, metalcore vibe. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. was great and I was like what where like I'm, I couldn't meet this dude yeah. like uh, you know that band's sick the drummer was awesome um I'm sitting down with this dude and he's got tattoos up his arm and they're Warhammer <laughs> tattoos. Yes. And um, we start talking about Warhammer because I like a painting of it at the time. 
And um, I was like, oh, you know, the drummer from Six Foot Immortals is here. And he's like, yeah, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's and so like, good. from that day, like, we've been mates. So um, it was just a really funny story. I can't even remember how I got invited to that party. It might have been like friends of mine that, like, yeah. we, I think we met at a 50 Lions show, actually. Okay. And um, they were like, yeah, yeah, come to this party. Like, everyone's kind of into the same music. Yeah. Um, yeah, just that's hilarious. Fucking sick. Great dude. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Luke's sick. Yeah. Super nice. Cool. Done for another week. A huge thanks to Andrew. Uh, he's a great guy. That was our first time meeting, and he's just all round a fucking great human, and I fuck with that. Yeah, make sure you check out all of Wild Hearts music and pre save their debut album, Global Crisis, coming out November 5th. And uh, go buy their vinyls if there are any left, and if there aren't, fucking unlucky. Hey, you should have got in sooner. And Andrew's other band, Sunsets, are doing a 10 years of We're In This Together show as part of the Halloween weekend festival at Greaser Bar in Brisbane. They'll be playing the We're In This Together EP in full with original members, so go check that out. It's on October 30th. So yeah, (laughs) it's free. And if you're free, go to a fucking show. So yeah, how about that? And if you like what I'm doing over here with the podcast, share it, tell a friend, subscribe, follow it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Amazon Podcasts, Podbean, wherever the fuck you listen to podcasts, tell your friends, if you like it tell your enemies if you fucking hate it um yeah check us out on instagram and facebook at heavy sweater podcast and yeah come back next week for a new episode thanks